Lord Jesus, send your Holy Spirit that your written word might become a living word in our hearts. Amen. Well, the gospel for this morning is one that we've heard many times. And in it, there are many levels and layers of truth and revelation that Jesus is trying to give. And so it's amazing to me that over the many years I've been in ministry, every time I come back to it, not surprisingly, the Lord gives me something different. And as I was thinking about this and praying and meditating on this passage, the phrase that leaped out at me was walking. And when you think about it, there's many unforgettable walks in the scriptures. God took the first walk by himself in the Garden of Eden during the cool of the day. There was a liberating walk that Moses took when he led the Israelites from their bondage in Egypt through the Red Sea into the wilderness. As we heard in the Old Testament lesson, there was Elisha, also took a walk. There was Joshua's triumphant walk around Jericho. Above all, there was Jesus' walk from the Roman Praetorium to Golgotha along the Via Della Rosa on his way to the cross. But the one that's most intriguing to me, because I see myself in it the most, is the walk that Peter took when he got out of the boat and went toward Jesus. Like Peter, I think there is some aspect in every one of our lives where God is calling us to take a step of faith, where he's saying, get out of your comfort zone, get out of your boat, and take a step of faith toward me. And for each of us, when we do that, if you're like me, there are certain kind of things that go on inside of you. I had a Baptist pastor, a friend of mine, who once said, faith is a great concept until you have to live by it. Because faith constantly is calling us to do what? Step out of the boat. Move from our security into a place of insecurity where we have to rely on God in some new way. It's exciting when we realize that when we take that step of faith, it sets in motion a divine dynamic. God begins to work in ways that we carefully can comprehend. It's amazing when we discover, sometimes when we do that, that we can walk on water. But this requires that we face our fear. Well, how did Peter face his fear? Well, Remember the story. Peter and his friends were with Jesus. They had been ministering. They had fed the 5,000. Jesus was exhausted. He needed time to refresh himself and to reconnect with the Father. So he wanted to go up on a mountain by himself to pray. And so he told the disciples to get into a boat and go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and he would meet them there. Well, Peter, being a professional fisherman, said, great, no problem. And so he and the others got into the boat. As a fisherman, he'd been around boats all his life. But this time, as they were going across the sea, a storm blew in. And Matthew, literally in the Greek, it says the boat was tormented by the waves. And so we're not talking about a little storm here. We're talking about massive waves and wind. The disciples were doing everything they could simply to keep the boat upright and keep the water out of the boat, bailing for their lives. It was a terrifying time. The disciples just wanted to stay alive. 
But then one of the disciples looked up and noticed a shadow moving over the water toward them. It got closer, and it became apparent that it was a figure of a human being walking on the water. Now, Matthew tells us at first the disciples didn't recognize that it was Jesus. But when they did, they were amazed to realize that the waves were not a barrier to Jesus coming to them. And in fact, the very waves which were threatening them were the means that Jesus used to get to them. The waves didn't slow him down at all. Well, what was Jesus up to? Well, Mark tells us, and there's this fascinating little phrase, that Jesus intended to pass them by on the water. Does that mean Jesus saying, Hey guys, sorry you're having such a difficult time. I'll meet you on the other side. And he just passed them by. But that's not what this phrase means. This is a very particular phrase. And in the Hebrew and in the Greek, whenever it says God wants to pass someone by, what the meaning is, it refers to a defining moment when God makes a striking and temporary appearance on earth for purposes of divine revelation or instruction. And so what we're having here is a radically important time, a moment where God is trying to break through to the disciples and teach them something decisively important, something so important that God felt, I need to make sure that they get this message right. God put Moses in the cleft of a rock, as we said. After Moses led the people in that walk through the wilderness, God took him up a mountain and he said, Moses, get in the cliff of the rock, for I am going to pass by you. In Elijah, in the Old Testament lesson we heard this morning, Elijah was told to go to the mountain, for the Lord is about to pass by. And each of these times, God was going to make a special revelation to Moses and to Elijah. And when you go into the scripture and you look at each of the times that God chose to reveal himself, to come to earth, to pass by, to reveal something important, there's a pattern that is consistent with each of these stories. In each case, God first had to get the people's attention. And have you ever felt in your own life that we're so busy doing what we're doing, we're so caught up into the day-to-dayness of the things that we're about, that God could be there working and we're unaware of his presence. Have you had times like that and then suddenly God gets your attention and you realize, Lord, you've been trying to do something. You've been trying to speak to me. You've been trying to bless me. You've done something for me and I just didn't realize it and I didn't thank you. Well, he has to get our attention. In each case, when God got their attention, it was because he was going to call those people to do something extraordinary, something extraordinary. And interestingly, in each case, when God revealed himself to do, and called them to do something extraordinary, in each case, they were afraid. In each situation, the person God called said yes, they took a step of faith, and they experienced the power of God in their lives. Now, when Jesus came to the disciples on the water intending to pass them by, he was coming to reveal himself. Remember where they are in their discipleship journey. They knew Jesus as 
a teacher. They knew Jesus as a miracle worker in some way. But they hadn't yet got to the point where they understood truly who Jesus was. That he was the living word, the the son of God. And so this revelation was an important thing. Jesus was revealing his divine presence and power. Because only God, as the psalmist said, can tread on the waves of the sea. And that's what Jesus was doing. The disciples didn't fully grasp it yet, but God was visiting them in the water-walking flesh. God often comes and calls us when we least expect him. And in fact, again, it's often in the most fearful moments of our life that we turn to the Lord. He gets our attention and he begins to move. Peter, however recognized that God was present, even in this most unlikely space. Now, I love Peter because with Peter, I I identify with him. It's two steps forward, one step back. And here, Peter is taking a step forward. He recognizes something is happening that's, that's extraordinary. And he's looking at the situation and the storm and the waves, and there's Jesus out and walking on the water. And he says, Lord, if you ask me to come to you, Get out of the boat. I will come to you. I will do it. And so Jesus says to Peter, come. Now imagine the size of the waves, the strength of the wind. It would be tough enough to walk on water if the sea was calm. But Peter, bless him, in the midst of this storm, does what? Gets out of the boat and begins walking on the water toward Jesus. Now, if you're like me when I hear that story, and as I'm identifying with Peter, the obvious question is, if Jesus would speak to me, what would I do? Would I have the faith to get out of the boat? Would I rather stay in the boat or walk on the water? The boat is safe and secure. The water is stormy. The waves are high, but if you want to walk on the water, what do you have to do? Get out of the boat. And so the question of faith comes to us and asks each of us, what is your boat? Where do you look for security in your life apart from God himself? If you want to know what your boat is, your fear will tell you. Ask yourself, what is it that produces fear in me, especially when I think of leaving it behind and stepping out in faith? Think of some people in the Bible. Remember the woman at the well? She was in a series of relationships with men that were not her husband. She'd been involved with men for years whose commitment to her was ambivalent at best. She never pursues discovering her true feelings. She's too frightened. And so she goes from man to man to man. Her boat is pretty shaky. Think about King David. His boat was secrecy. He has an affair with a married woman and she becomes pregnant. He's afraid of being found out, so he arranges to have her husband killed. He marries her and he thinks he's home safe. But God knows. And David's afraid to admit his problem. And one sin leads to another sin to another sin in his life. 
Things get worse and worse. But it's his boat. Maybe your boat is success. Remember the rich young ruler in the Bible? Jesus asked him to get out of his boat. Jesus said, sell all that you have and give money to the poor, then come and follow me. He had a nice boat, maybe even a yacht. He liked it too much to give it up. And so, for every one of us, in some way, there is something that is our boat. In what area of your life are you shrinking back from courageously following the Lord? This is what Jesus needed knew needed to happen for the twelve. Because there was going to come a time when their boat would be gone, where Jesus would be nailed to the cross, and they would be called to courageously follow him with a message of hope in a world filled with darkness, when, for them, the world was shaking. Peter trusts Jesus. He gets out of the boat. And I love the things that I see in this story regarding Peter. First, if you want to learn to walk on the water, one of the things you need to do is to expect problems. Faith doesn't often make our life easier. It complicates it. But it makes our life better and richer and stronger and more meaningful. Peter was doing fine when he got out of the boat until he looked at the wind and the waves. He took his eyes off Jesus and immediately, quote, reality set in. Setbacks, opposition, things that we face. This shouldn't surprise us because the world is a pretty stormy place. And somehow, trouble still has the power to catch us by surprise. And if you do get out of the boat, there will be wind and waves of some sort. But realize, but realize, There is no guarantee that staying in the boat is going to be any safer. Second, water walkers will not only have challenges, but they'll also accept fear as the price of growth. The choice to follow Jesus is a choice for the constant recurrence of fear. Faith requires us to get out of the boat a little bit every day. And here is a deep truth. If you're going to learn to walk on water by faith, the fear will never go away. Get used to it. Because every time we want to grow, it will involve us moving into new territory and facing new challenges. Third, water walkers see failure as an opportunity to grow. question sometimes people think is, Peter failed. He sank. But did Peter fail when he took his eyes off Jesus and sank into the waves? Maybe, but I don't think so. I believe the real failures were the 11 sitting in the boat. Why? Because Peter learned many things through his failure. Only Peter knew the glory of actually walking On the water. He did it. It happened. I think he was stunned. That's why he started looking around. He did something in faith response to Jesus that he knew he was humanly incapable of. 
He knew there was a power beyond his power that could hold him up. Only Peter experienced when he looked at the waves and sank into the ocean, the sea. Only Peter experienced the presence of Jesus lifting him up. And Jesus would later tell the disciples in one of his last words to them in the Great Commission, remember, I'll never leave you. I'll never, what? Forsake you. When you go down, where will I be? With you. And if you go down, I will be there to do what? Lift you up. So no matter what you face in the future, know that I will be with you. Peter, I think, from this experience, had a confident trust in Jesus that none of the others yet had. They couldn't because they hadn't gotten out of the boat. Jesus is still looking for people who will get out of the boat. And so the question is, why should we risk it? Why should we risk getting out of the boat? Well, there are many reasons. I think one reason it's the only sure way to real growth. It's the only way that faith develops. Faith requires us in some way to take a step into the unknown, knowing that the Lord is there as he's speaking to us. Faith and getting out of the boat is the alternative to boredom. I remember talking to a priest friend of mine many years ago, and we were talking about all the things that had happened in our lives since we'd given our hearts to Christ and been filled with the Spirit. And the big thing that that Gray Temple said to me is, do you remember when the Christian life used to be boring? And I said, yeah. And he said, it isn't anymore. And that's what begins to happen as you enter into that life of faith with Jesus. It gets richer and more challenging at the same time. But most importantly, we need to remember that getting out of the boat enables us to remember that the water is where Jesus is. If we want more of Jesus, if we want to follow Jesus more closely, we've got to go where he is, which means what? Stepping out of the boat. The water may be stormy, it may be challenging, but Jesus is not in the boat. And I believe the main reason why Peter got out of the boat that he wanted to be where Jesus was. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. If it's you, command me to come to you, and I will come. And he did. Two things happen when we get out of the boat. First, if you fail, and we all fail sometimes, Jesus is there to pick us up. We will not fail alone we will find that no matter what situation we're in, Jesus is able to save and to help us. The other thing is, if we get out of the boat and we come toward Jesus, we're going to find that there will be times when we can do what? Walk on the water. Face your fear. Look at Jesus. Get out of the boat. Amen.